0: Life has just begun, Jack has found his jill Don't know what you've done, but I'm all a thrill How can words express your divine appeal? You can never guess all the love I feel From now on, lady, I insist For me no other girls exist It's
1: wonderful wrote another book i mean you've written several books i shouldn't sound so surprised you've written you've you've, you've, you know this is what you do only two Two? only two (laughs) okay well still two's two's kind of like several no, it's not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, the first one was. And booked, I spoke so... to you. I spoke to
2: you, you when uh, when the first one came
1: out. Yeah. Yeah, I have it right here. It sits next to my desk on my shelf of music theater books. Bob, uh, big deal. Bob Fosse and Dance in the American Musical. Uh, yeah, it was a great read. And now you've written Thanks. written about Tommy Toon, another yeah. all time. I will say all time. But I'm glad you wrote this book because I think underreported uh, choreographer in my experience. I'm
2: glad you said, I'm glad you led with that because, um, um, you know, some of the most delightful moments I've spent in the theater were at shows that Tommy Toon either directed and or choreographed and or performed in. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've come to feel over the last, I don't know, X number of years that he's, become a somewhat undervalued figure Um, and I don't think he's um, gotten his due as an artist and a real creative force in the theater Um, and I know that sounds strange because he's won umpteen Tony awards he got a lifetime achievement award he uh, he's been declared a living landmark by the New York uh landmarks Conserv- conservatory <laughs> um so he's not he has not lacked for accolades over over the course of his career but sh- there's been shockingly little uh, critical analysis of his career and when people write the histories and commentaries on broadway and musical theater he always seems to be left out or just mentioned in passing and um it made me it made me think that there was a real void that a, a book that focused on his artistic life would fill, and um, and I thought I knew better than the people who were <laughs> writing, who were leaving him out of of other books. Sure. Um, so I thought this would this would fill a gap, and you know, thank you for those nice words about the, a big deal, the Bob Fosse book. But when I published that, that joined the stack. Mm-hmm. of books and articles and think pieces about Fosse. But really, I was really surprised at how little um, kind of critical uh, discussion there has been about Toon's work over the years. So hopefully this will address all that.
1: Yeah, I, would, I, I wonder how much of, the, there's two things that come to mind when I think about why that could be with Tommy Toon. One, I wonder how much is, because he's so much of a personality, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, he, he is, as you say, he's a performer. He still performs. I mean, he pops up all the time sure. yeah. and he, so th- there's certain, I think that's an aspect where he, he, he might feel a little bit less of an art artist, you know, in, in capital, it, it mm-hmm. was quotation marks around it and more of a, um, a personality which can lead to critical oversight. But the other being that he works almost exclusively in comedy, and I, and I feel that comedy is Ooh. widely overlooked in critical analysis of this in terms of as serious work. You know what I mean? Like Fosse's, yeah, Fosse's yeah. work was comedic and there was comedy in there. Obviously, Sweet Charity is a, is a good old fashioned musical comedy, but he delved into dark material And and darker,
2: darker, mm -hmm. darker. Yes. Yes, Yes. indeed.
1: Yeah. And when you look at Tommy Toon's list of like Grand Hotel, Best Little Horror House in Texas, Day in Hollywood, Night in the Grand. I mean, these are musical comedies, capital M, capital C. And I wonder if that contributed to him being overlooked for critical analysis.
2: I suspect that's that's part of it. I think because you know, Toon always said that he was a performer first, mm. and he somehow got sidetracked into directing, and choreographing. <laughs> um, and he's he when when I think when when things when uh, projects haven't always come to fruition the way he wanted them to, or uh, projects stalled for various reasons as. As happens to any artist mm-hmm. working in the theater, um, he was always able to go out on his own and perform uh, as a concert draw. He was a, a big; he has been, continues to be a big concert draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, I think, I think also over the last several years, um, the theater has changed, and it's harder to get projects going. They're more expensive. There's a more more of a corporatized. Um, An uh, atmosphere, um, where you have to answer to X number of, of people who may not know or care anything about theater mm-hmm. but um, have a corporate position, and I think um, I think it's easier to exp- it's easier to express his artistic vision uh, in his solo performances, mm. in his concert performances. Mm-hmm. So that may be, may be part of it as well. One of the things that I wanted to, one of the things I wanted to dig into when I wrote the book was um, his his position as a real um, transition figure uh, among director choreographers. I, as I I describe him in the book as part of what I call a grand lineage mm. of director choreographers, choreographers who, particularly after uh, after World War II and the post war era began to take on the responsibilities of staging an entire show, not simply the dances and musical numbers. And they that pretty much starts with Agnes DeMille, Jerome Robbins built on that, Gower mm-hmm. Champion, Fosse, Michael Bennett, Joe Layton, Michael Kidd, and others. And Toon is right there in line with, with that group. But mm-hmm. he's, also, he's also, I think, an important... Um, a transition figure because he's influenced a whole new generation of director choreographers, people like Jerry Mitchell, Casey Nicolau, um, Susan, oh, Susan Stroman, Stroman. Jeff Calhoun, yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
2: many of whom yeah. uh, worked with Toon um, as dancers and assistants and associates early in their careers. And you can see you can see influences mm-hmm. uh, of, of his work in in their later work.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, Susan Stroman was the first one that popped to mind for me. There's a
2: I I came across a uh, review, a couple of reviews of Crazy For You, and I think they were in Variety, mm-hmm. um, where they referred to Crazy For You as the best new Tommy Toon musical that wasn't directed and choreographed by Tommy <laughs> Toon.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. That was all,
2: all <laughs> the way back, uh, you know, 30 years ago.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it was 92 or 91, whenever that yeah. Was. was. Yeah. I was going to say, his career spans... I think a a lot longer period. You just took my memory to that. That his career spans a lot longer period of time. I think than people really appreciate. I, I remember the first time I saw um, the Hello Dolly musical movie, and oh, yeah. you know there he is, impossible to miss because he's nine feet tall <laughs> in the back row, you know, dancing along in Sunday clothes, and you go, oh, that's definitely uh, going too. <laughs> he's
2: he's he's six foot six, wow. and he says um, he says that he he used to say. He used to say, "I'm actually five feet eighteen inches."
1: To make it sound,
2: (laughs) to make it sound a little more palatable, sure, not as tall, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) you know, you're really right. He he also he came along uh, really at the tail end of what we refer to as sort of the golden age of Broadway musicals in the '60s. Mm -hmm. Um, His first show was uh, uh, his first show on Broadway was Baker Street. It was directed by Hal Prince.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and then right after that, he worked with Michael Bennett and, um, and so forth. And he's really, he really spanned that era, again, what we call the tail end of the golden era, and, and on through the 70s and 80s. And the period of his greatest um, successes, and this is something I found really fascinating about his career the period of his greatest successes came at a time when Broadway was really dominated by British musicals, Cats, Les Mis, Phantom of the Opera, Miss Saigon, and so forth. Um, uh, That that was a period when the American musical felt a little, I don't know, bedraggled Mm -hmm. in some way. Mm -hmm. And the British really seemed to have a stranglehold on the excitement uh, surrounding Broadway musicals. And they certainly had the long runs and the, uh, the influence. And I think tunes shows during that period, again, again, they were so so diverse. Best Little Whorehouse, Nine, My One and Only, uh, Grand Hotel, Will Rogers Follies. Each of them is completely different. And I think they, he really did a lot to kind of remind people that the American musical still had a lot of juice in it. During that
1: period, he is so quintessentially the American musical to me. He just sort of embodies that in a real like himself is as as a person. He seems to have a very classic sort of tra- I mean it, it's an interesting style because it's you know you go from you could see him doing something like you know my one and only with Twiggy obviously very famously or that sort of more traditional thing but then also I mean Nine is a highly interesting and experimental kind of show especially for it's time Absolutely. and his style absolutely seamlessly flows into that it doesn't it, you, 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 wouldn't ex- you wouldn't think that initially you wouldn't think oh Tommy Toon's doing Nine you know, it wouldn't click right away. I don't think.
2: When he joined that that project, you know, Maury uh, Yeston had written that show, um, had been working on that show for many years. He was mm-hmm. kind of obsessed with Fellini's Eight and a Half as a as a teenager, and um, I think the show, as when Toon came to it, was much more conventional mm-hmm. uh, than what it later became. And you know, Maury Yeston told me when I interviewed him for the book. He said uh, he and Tommy met at uh, Amore at Yestin's mother's apartment uh, <laughs> off of Central Park. And um, he said, soon laid out a piece of, uh, I don't know, like a big piece of white paper. And he said, I see this as an orchestra. I see pe- the people in this as an orchestra. And Guido is conducting them. And um, and he said, and Yestin said, uh, I'm paraphrasing first and said, you know, that, that triggered something in me uh, that I hadn't thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, all these voices in Guido's head were, were an orchestra. And, and, you know, of course, it was Toon's idea to cast the show with all women. Yes. yes. Um, um, he said he just kept seeing all these terrific women coming into audition. And he said, well, why couldn't the producer be a woman mm. why couldn't this person be a woman or whatever, whoever uh the reporters or whoever and um um Maury and Arthur Coppett who wrote the book were not keen on that at first mm-hmm. and there was a moment when Toon was not part of the show because mm-hmm. of that and they finally came back to him and said well we'll try it in mm-hmm. the workshop and of course it it became a uh, that became part of the whole texture of the show. Yeah. That it was, these were, uh, it was a a group of female voices surrounding, surrounding Guido. So he, um, I think one of the other things that, um, um, that may be a reason why Toon isn't uh, uh, regarded as, as highly as I think he should be is because he d- didn't have a particular style like a Bob Fosse mm-hmm. did, or even yeah. a Michael Bennett mm-hmm. or a Gower Champion. Um, his style really, uh, he was almost like the Zelig of musicals. His style adapted itself to the material that he was working with. And, and like I said, the, sh- the shows were so wildly different. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's not even to. Um, to speak of the things that he did off Broadway, you know, his big breakthrough mm-hmm. as a director was the off-Broadway uh, musical review, The Club, mm-hmm. um, with um, with a, a cast of all women playing men. Long before we got into gender non-binary mm-hmm. um, identities, he was he was creating a show in which women. Took on the personnel or the physical traits of men and played men, and yet also made you aware that they were women mm-hmm. as well. And um, he also introduced uh, to American audiences uh, the British playwright uh, Carol Churchill yes. with Cloud Nine,
1: yes, off Broadway, yes.
2: Um, and that show um, he was directed like a musical. Mm-hmm. It had a kind of kinetic, and it was directed like a ballet, really. Yeah. Um, it had a kind of kinetic energy, and each act, if you, if, if you know Cloud Nine, each act takes place 100, um, 100 years yes. apart, or 50, something like that, 100 I think it's apart. 100
1: years apart, yeah.
2: Um, 100 years apart, right, in, in Britain. And um, they, each act is wildly different in tone. Yes. Um, and yet he, he's, he's consistent in his directorial approach, he he understands uh, what Churchill's saying, and um, um, he made each each of those acts completely different from the other, and yet cohesive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful piece of directing. Hey, have you ever heard the term? Have you ever heard the term gazintas?
1: Gazintas? No, I do not believe I have.
2: It's G U Z Z I N T A H S. This is another, this is a term that that, uh, Tune coined. Um, He says, as director director choreographers, one person who's responsible for the whole way of musical moves, Mm -hmm. he said, we've gone for um, seamlessness. He said, we don't just do a scene, do a song, do a dance, do a scene, sing a song, do a dance Mm -hmm. like that. He said, we've kind of mixed it all together. So that this goes into that, that goes into this, and
1: he calls it the
2: Gazintas.
1: There you go. I like so that. I
2: almost, for half a second, I almost <laughs> thought, oh, I should call the book the Gazintas. But I thought that's too that's tough that's
1: to spell. Too, yeah, it's hard. That's that's, that's that's too obscure. That's good. That's good though. I like that. A lot. And that I love that. Recently, actually, the clips of. Um, Oh, man, it's the big dance with the two guys in the front and the, all the women in the back. I've been making the rounds on theater Twitter. I've been excited to see that again. And I'm blanking on everyone's name.
2: Who from Grand Hotel?
1: From Grand Hotel. It, it, I think it's their Tony. Oh, Michael show.
2: Jeter. Yeah, Michael, Michael Jeter. Jeter. Yeah,
1: Michael Jeter. Yes. We'll take it. a
2: glass together.
1: Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. That every now and again yeah. makes the rounds online where people are like, they just remember oh, yeah. it and post it. And it's just so, yeah, it's, it's such a, a wonderful beautiful sequence.
2: It's life. It's a life affirming.
1: Yes. Thrilling number. Really, really. And,
2: know, every yeah. time someone does a, um, a list of the greatest numbers ever done on the Tony Awards, it's always yeah. right oh, yeah. up there, right up there at the very top. Yeah, you know, yeah. something's interesting, something interesting about that, uh, about that number and about that character Kringleine that was originated by Michael mm. Jeter. If you, you probably, you're probably too young to remember this, but 1989 when that show opened, those were really dark days in terms of the AIDS epidemic. Mm-hmm. We were right in the thick of it. And, um, you know, Michael Bennett had just died of AIDS. Charles Ludlam had just mm-hmm. died of AIDS. Um, it, was, it was rampaging through the, the country, the world, and certainly the theatrical community. And, um, I, I th- and of course, David Carroll, who originated the role of the Baron, the right. Grand Hotel died of AIDS, I think, during the, during the run of that show. And I think Kringlein, that character, um, had, had, um, had strands of that kind of, um, of, of that character who is, who is dying. Mm-hmm. Um, he's dying of, of um, consumption or cancer, we're not sure what. But he's dying, and yet he, he's affirming life in the face of death. Mm -hmm. um in that number we'll take the last together and I think that number really resonated I remember feeling it myself and feeling it just in the people around me when I first saw that number on stage it just had a resonance that went beyond that character in Grand Hotel and it seemed to speak to what was happening in in the world and certainly in the theatrical community at that time
1: Mm. that's really special so the book is Everything is Choreography, which is a great title. Music theater. I got
2: uh, that from Tune. I got that to th- the title is from Tune. Yeah. Because Tune said, uh, he said, everything you do on stage, even if you just walk across the stage or pick up a phone or whatever, is choreography. Mm-hmm. Um, he He's um, he's very attuned to, um, in my conversations with him, I found he was very attuned to just the choreography of life he talks about seeing choreography and watching people walk down the street hmm. or seeing a flock of birds fly across the sky or a tree bend in a breeze he said he said that's he says that's choreography
1: kevin thank you so much for coming in and having this quick little chat about it this absolutely- is great
2: this is yeah. tri-
1: will you be my publicist
0: patrick <laughs> We'll take a glass together up, up. in celebration up, up. of our meeting. Up, up, in celebration of uh-huh. being up, face to da 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 face. Da <laughs> friendly, civilized members of the race. I'll drink to you. No, I to you. You'll drink to me. Then you to me. I'm sure we too. Oh, I know we do. Could find no finer company. Thank you, Baron. We'll take a glass together And we will lift it to the good life And as we're lifting it We will most sincerely say Cruise it! Your health, sir! Salute! And... Skol! Lastrovia! Of Orta For when we vomit in this cold and careless We'll take a glass together To you, <laughs> no idea. Then vice versa. Then vice versa. I'm sure it's true. Oh, I know it's true. Things may be bad, but could be worse. Absolutely. We'll ask no why or whether. We'll spend each moment. Yes, we will. As it moves oh, on. It come us. Come, come, my comrades. Comrades, nip the nectar of the day. Sweet nectar, share it. Purry! Scotch whisky! Chartreuse! A cognac! An absinthe frappe!